Welcome to episode 48 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, so welcome along to episode 48 of Iron Man Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going mate? Good, and you? I'm sensational. You're sensational. Fantastic. <laughs> Beautiful. And uh, Iron Man Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffees of Hawaii. Hawaii.com. Beautiful. I like he's put the dot in there. It's very good. Mm. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about them at the end of the show. But anyway, let's get into it. News of the week. We've got Hot Topic of the Week. <laughs> a little bit disappointing you guys' answers mm. last week. But don't worry, we'll get onto it. We've got an age grouper of the week. We're going back to Wanaka for one more week. One more time from Wanaka. <laughs> one more time. We've got High Five. And the High Five of the Week is for... Tumble Turns. Tumble Turning in the Pool. We've got a website of the week. Okay, we're getting pretty desperate on websites of the week. Oh, it's a good one. It is a good one? Yeah, it's okay. a good one. Okay. And there's also a little bit of extra there I put in there because, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. And lastly, Coach's Corner. It's pretty exciting, Coach's Corner. You want to fill us in? So, we've got Jane Patterson on today's show. She's the race director of Ironman New Zealand. So, we're going to have a bit of a chat to her about this year's race. Uh, we are going to do a more in depth analysis, Bevan and John's analysis of the pro field next week. But yep. uh, just get a general overview from Jane on, on how the event's shaping up for this year. A few other questions, you know, um, things she likes about race directing and things she doesn't like and, and so on. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, that should be pretty cool. Um, and lastly, we finish with questions, questions and answers. Questions and answers. Don't get too excited, mate. Just control <laughs> yourself, okay? So finally, finally, we have an IMM race coming up. IMM Malaysia's coming up. Yeah, it's, uh, it's looking good. Uh, a lot of people, you know, a few years ago think thinking Malaysia's an easy pick. You know, I think one year they had 25 slots for Kona and I think they had 23 finishes or something oh, really? like that. But looking at this what happened year, that year? Uh, was it just how they turned up? Oh, the, 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 the race, um, apparently the race was going to get cancelled and then it didn't get cancelled. Oh. And so nobody turned up and then just a few people turned up and yeah, it was all got slots. Wow, that's so um, the event now it was uh, is well established, it's growing quickly and I've got 663 entries according to the uh, race list, which is, uh, which is pretty good. Incredibly tough race we're going to talk about in a moment, uh, but you know, Going from it's only been around for a few years. I think um, yeah, I mentioned this to Axel this morning before we went riding, uh, sort of saying, "What? Why are all these guys turning up there?" And I guess if you want to do really well at Kona, it's a it's as close to conditions you're yep. going to get. It's incredibly hot, um, and I guess an early early season race to qualify. And if you do want to excel at Kona, you know, you, you it's, it's, rest. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a good shakedown for that. So, yeah, looking at the um, the pro field, I was uh, staggered when I saw this. I mean, it is a seriously kick-ass field. Um, again, I'm not sure if the guys are going there because they think it's a cherry pick, which, you know, is just easy money, but it's, it's not going to be easy money. Uh, the website's not too good at actually putting them all in order, so we're kind of just scanning down. We're scanning down. through. We know we've got um, Brian Rhodes racing, uh, who's won the race a couple of times before. Lothar Leader is racing. Um, it's quite a big pro field. Keep scrolling uh, down. Uh, Stephen Bayless. Stephen Bayless is racing. Oh. Chris uh, McDonald. Chris McDonald. He's been there a number of times. Should be uh, there or thereabouts. Keep scrolling. Keep scrolling. Keep scrolling. Uh, we've got scrolling, Xavier Lafloc, who's a very, very well-performed uh, athlete from France. Expect him to be up there in the, the top three. Oh. Bevan Leach, I've heard of him before. An Great Aussie name. guy. <laughs> Pity about the first name, but he, he <laughs> should do well. Wim de Donka, um, he's been on Epic Camp. Uh, might not be quite up amongst the first first few. Some really interesting ones, though, to watch. We see how Andrew Johns goes. Uh, fantastic short course athlete. Um, bit unlucky not to get a medal at the Olympics. You know, he, he was right up there with the guys in Athens um, yep. and didn't end up running well. 
won numerous World Cups, did really well in some 70.3s last year. Not quite sure if he has done an Ironman in the past, but uh, so is he pulling away from short course completely? Yeah, definitely. He's, yeah, he's getting on a bit, um, but he's a you know pretty well-rounded athlete, very very good runner. So if he can be there or thereabouts off the bike, um, I think he could really do some damage. But you never know how people are going to perform in the heat. No. Uh, we've also got Petra Vrbusic. You know, if you're listening, Petra, um, you don't need to wear gloves. <laughs> you don't need to wear gloves in Malaysia. It's not that hot, yeah, especially webbed ones. Especially yeah. webbed ones. Yeah, it's not that much. <laughs> and so. Uh, so he's there, like I mentioned, Xavier Leflock and Brian Rhodes, and there's uh, one or two others. Not sure if Jason Shortest is racing. We thought we saw his name uh, somewhere. Yeah, um, but doesn't seem to have been coming up, eh? Doesn't seem to have come up, I don't think. Uh, there's also the Chris guy Leato? from Chris Leato. He was yeah. uh, second last year. Uh, Lothar Leder. Lothar Leder's still going. Legend, legendary German. Uh, there's also the Korean guy. Park Bung Yoing or something like that his name yeah. is uh, and that's more or less it so quality quality field which is fascinating isn't it because it is meant to be one of the races where it's a little bit easier to get your kind of money for a pro exactly but it's really not turning out to be the case this year is it no and uh, yeah I mean we, we, we've been predicting all, all this time with all these new races coming up the 101s more Ironmans more 70.3s we're sort of saying the fields are going to get weaker but it appears you know looking at the New Zealand field which we'll talk about next week very strong Malaysian field's very strong. Australia is always strong. Yep. Arizona's strong. I think what we're going to see is these early season races that are sort of often spread out by about a month or so. They'll get really strong fields, but what we tend to find is that the races in the middle of the year, sort of June, July, August, um, then things start to spread out and you get the weaker fields as guys sort of pick and choose as they sort of get their preparations ready for Hawaii. And there's a lot more 70.3 races at those times, which exactly. is easier money for them. On the girls' side of things, we've got Rebecca Preston. Yep, so she won a few Ironmans last year. She won uh, Ironman UK. Um, she won, won a few others as well. Um, really well-performed athlete, did a lot of racing. Yeah, we've got Bella. 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 Yeah, Bella. she's been she, having a pretty good season all Late last year, wasn't she? She won she short was, course champs and she was Florida. On fire. And, yeah, so, so she's going to be a favourite, doesn't she? Yeah, definitely. Got Marilyn McDonald, Chris's Again, partner. Yeah, very strong biker. They've registered her as an Aussie, but she's not. She's Canadian. Canadian. But she's, uh, she's obviously living over in Australia at the moment in the off season. Who else have we got? Anyone else have a note? That's uh, Alison Fitch. She's not bad. I'm oh, Nicole Leader. She'll Nina be Craft. And Nina Craft. Oh, here we go. Oh, so that'll go. be a good battle. Nicole Leader always does well. Nina Craft will be very, very interesting to see how, how she gets on. And there's a Japanese athlete. Well, no, she's a New Zealand athlete now. She used to be a Japanese. Yoki Hori, very good runner. Um, expect her to maybe, if it's really hot and people start blowing to pieces, you know, she should uh, could be amongst it as well. Well, it's going to be fascinating with Nina Craft in it, isn't it? It is. And... Um, We'll talk about it a little bit later on, but there's somebody else coming back, back from a uh, drug ban as well in the Australian long course champs, so oh. um, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But yeah, no, I think uh, I, I, looking at that field, I'd say Nina, it should be really a, a pretty tough battle between Nina Craft oh, I'm going to digress, digress here a little bit. When <laughs> You digress, you go for it, buddy. Yes, I do. Because like, I was thinking today, we were talking to, I was talking to Brandon on Epic, and we were talking about uh, if you were just to try drugs and to see the game. Like, if you would, you know, just as an experiment, you know, yeah. to actually try drugs and then go to a race and say, look, I'm doing drugs, but I'm just doing this, <laughs> to see what the difference in performance would be. Yeah. And uh, it was a, we had a really dis- interesting discussion about it at the time. And I was just wondering, if you use drugs, how long after you use them does the benefit die? Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. And yeah. I think it would, it, would, uh, it would vary a lot on which drug yeah. you took. And it's the same deal, you know, some drugs uh, get cleared from your system very, very quickly. Others yeah. sort of stick around, so... 
Um, it's all part of the game for the people that are taking drugs, you know, figuring out when to take them yeah, and, yeah. and what to take and um, and so on. So if we have a look at last year's uh, results. Where I'm going with? Um, back, yeah. back it up. Back it up. Back it up. Back it up. Race results. Race results from last year. Here we go. So let's have a look at Shortest last year. Shortest took it out. Yeah, pretty similar field but for the top handful. Jeez, he dominated the run, didn't he? He did. You know, everybody pretty much blew up on the run except for Jason Shortest. He ran 2.56. 12 minutes faster than anyone else. And 2.56 ain't fast. No. <laughs> no. Um, so that's pretty impressive though. He won by, uh, what, 6 to 14, 14 minutes. Yep. Chris Lieto. It looks like Chris Lieto was well off in front off the bike. And Rosie came um, in 4.23. Rosie, you know, he got third running a, f- a 3.23, and Chris Lieto got second running a 3.33. Wow. And that's not fast. I ran three hours 30 in Hawaii, and I was absolutely crawling in yep. the second half. So, um, similar names there. So, Petra Vabursik was fourth. Um, Peter Jacobs isn't How do you manage that? How do you manage an eighth place with a DNF? Yeah, I didn't quite get that right. <laughs> Chris McDonald last year, he was seventh, so he's racing again. So, a lot of the guys are, are back again. And last year, Andrew Charles was in 17th place. Oh, Charlesy. And he's going back again this year. Oh, there you go. The pressure's on, Chelsea. Mm. <laughs> so, so that's pretty much our Malaysia wrap-up for this week. It's going to be pretty exciting just to have a race to watch on the weekend, eh? It is. Mm. be interesting to see what sort of coverage they get on uh, Ironman. Uh, okay, wait, you've got to look at the course. Yeah, the course is pretty uh, pretty straightforward. It's it's quite an out and back a number of times, a number of loops on the bike, I think three laps. It's on a beautiful island called Langkawi, which is a, a really a holiday resort for people living in, in um, sort of the Asian area. So it's a nice place to go and some really great hotels, pretty cheap place to, to go and stay. So yep. if you are looking for an early season race, either come to New Zealand or come to go to Malaysia. Go Malaysia. Don't go to Australia. Australia. <laughs> Can't get in Australia anyway. You can yeah. qualify to get in it. Yeah. Okay, um, we got an email through from, who was this from? I think it was from Peter. It could have been. I can't remember. Didn't write it down. I think it was. You know, go, go with it. Okay, so he's given us some information on a race coming up this weekend. It's the Australian Long Course Champs. Mm. And in Jervis Bay, an awesome spot, just a couple of hours south of Sydney. Yeah. Beautiful. So there's a few guys there that are doing Ironman Australia um, that will be racing. So he's mentioned that Craig Alexander's racing, Pete Jacobs is racing. And uh, on the Aussies, on the girls' side, uh, as I just mentioned, Rebecca Keat, she's coming back from a, a, a drug ban as well. Oh, really? So if we flick it back, it must be, you know, um, two years ago she got done in Ironman Western Australia. Yep. And that was the year oh, that, uh, was it Karen, Karen it, Balance well. got second and Fiona Doherty got third. And they yep. eventually, eventually, after a long, long time, they finally got elevated. I don't even know if they got their prize money or not. I think that she did eventually, but I remember she didn't get her slot to Hawaii. She had to that's go true. qualify somewhere else before yeah. she could get her slot. Mm. So that's going to be interesting because she, a uh, bit like Nina Craft, I mean, she completely dominated that race. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how she goes. She didn't admit to the drugs. She, you know, she served out her ban and, uh, and she's coming back. So it'll be interesting to see how she goes. Mm. Um, but, yeah, nice. Thanks for sending that in. We're, we'll check out the results and we'll have them on the show hopefully next week if the website is up to date and they get them up there nice and quickly. Nice. Um, so a bit of news. We've got, uh, where is it, over here I think it is? No, here it is. Germany is going to have 
Yeah, so the 70.3 is spreading its wings, you know, nice and quickly and going all around the world and uh, they're doing a good job. It's, it's probably good if they get lots and lots of races because at the moment it tends to be you turn up, you get a slot to the champs. And Whereas the more races they have, they're going to have to you know, take the number of slots down and then it's kind of a bit more competitive exactly. to get a slot. It's a bit more of an achievement at least, eh? It's very much uh, North American based as well. You know, all the, the majority of the races were in, in North America, you know, Mexico, yeah. uh, the States and Canada. So yeah, good stuff. I mean, I know they're going to Germany now. So where, where are they holding it? Let's get Bevan to pronounce this, shall we? Wiesbaden. Yeah, we'll go with that. How do you say that? Wiesbaden. 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 Kaiser John, the Kaba Einsvestens, Wiesbuda. Why are you announcing it then? If you can say that. Putting it. I tell you what, it's on a great day, August the nineteenth. It's my birthday. Oh, no. You should go do it. Well, I'm thinking of doing right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Give me some juke. Axel, give you German lessons. Yep. Yeah. So, so yeah, so 70.3 spreading. I know they're going to Singapore. Um, the UK. Going to Australia as well. Yep. And uh, we're actually going to ask Jane Patterson if she's had any conversations with WTC on bringing it to New Zealand as well. So are the, the World Camp, World Champ slots, are they appealing at this stage? Not for me. Yeah. If they're, they're, they're keeping it at Clearwater, which is where they had it last year, which was just a joke in terms of the drafting, then... It doesn't have any appeal for me, and I think a lot of athletes will be turned off if they went to a course where it was a bit hilly and they had you know good um, road closures and things like that. I think it'd be a lot more appealing, and I think it will will grow in stature. But uh, yeah, for um, yeah, while we're on inside track, yeah, I was just on inside track. I clicked the link here. Is your name on here, mate? Is your name on here? While we're on inside track, John Newton, Aussie. <laughs> if anybody is listening, is involved in inside try. My surname is spelt wrong on their race report from Orca Challenge Wanaka, and also I'm not a bloody Australian. They've got thus Aussie John Newsom. Beautiful, mate. You're from Australia. Oh, mate. Oh. There's no more bigger insult than that. Oh, I'll tell, I'll tell you, because we're caning them at the cricket at the moment oh, too, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, we're loving that. Anyway, um, okay, so what's happening else? Um, prize pool for the 2007. Brass chat? Can you say that? Oh, mate. <laughs> I'll, I'll take over here. So, uh, How do you say it? Brass chat. Well, I got it right, didn't I? Eh? <laughs> Back it up. So, the ITU long distance world champ, uh, European champs, uh, the prize money's gone up, and this is what we've been hoping is going to be happening over the years. It's disappeared. Okay. <laughs> uh, because, you know, more and more races are popping up, and uh, we're hoping that that's going to mean better sort of working conditions for the pro athletes. So, it's having a bit of, bit of a rundown here. So, for you guys doing the European champs, the pros, more prize money. Hopefully with the 101 series coming out. Do we around. know how much more? Uh, the article was on the triathlon.org website, but it's disappeared. Okay. So uh, I think it's I think the prize money now is like 40,000 euros or something like yep. that prize pool. So still not fantastic, but it's going up, which yep. is which is what we like. And, and this is what happened with short course racing. You know, ITU pretty much were dominating, and then uh, different race directors started coming on and offering more money. ITU eventually started offering more and more money, and it's, it's gone up quite significantly. So hopefully, with uh, the 101 series coming in, 70.3 fighting them, Ironman fighting them, maybe the Challenge guys doing Challenge New Zealand yeah, and, and, and Road in France, yeah. and hopefully all these races sort of expanding globally will mean that prize money will hopefully go up. So I find it interesting news. with the Challenge guys that they didn't really take America. Yeah, I think they, were, they. I think they're really going after the German market. Yeah. Um, but I think that I think they will. You know, it's just a first year race, and I think eventually they'll they'll get there. Hmm. Definitely. It's very good. Um, Epic camps on X try. You're pretty excited about that. I was pretty. I was so I'm at home the other day doing some work because I'm always working on the show. Yeah. And I wanted X try to have a look. And whose face was on X try? Bloody ugly Mark. <laughs> 
tongue poked out. It was... I was gutted because I went on it today to check it out and it's no longer there, no. so it broke my heart. So, uh, but the, uh, who was it? Craig David. David Craig. Oh, David Everybody Craig. does that. <laughs> He's got his race report. He's pretty much got his Epic Camp report up on Xtry now. Yeah. Which is uh, pretty cool. So it's in two installments. There's a few picks up there. Yeah. Uh, and as we mentioned last week, Scott Molina's 20 questions is still up there as well. Yeah. And it, it basically gives a day-by-day analysis of what happened on the whole camp. And it's a really good read. It's just kind of kind of the insides from someone who was kind of middle of the pack and just worked really hard throughout the camp. And uh, some really good insights. So check that out on Xtry. Uh, nice. What else we got? We got pretty much... Not long now to lie, man, New Zealand. Nice. Yeah. So next week's a big week. We're going to have an Ironman New Zealand special. Super special. Super special. We'll try to get a couple of extra shows in with a few interviews from the people, the higher people. Uh, we're going to try to get Cam on, maybe. Yep. Cam and maybe see Joe Lawn. See what we can get on. Yeah, we'll, basically, we'll see what we can do. So, anyway. Um, hot topic of the week last week was what will you, what do you put in your special needs bag? And, John, yeah. you're a bit angry, aren't I'm you? I'm an angry man. He's an angry man. <laughs> That table. Bang. You shouldn't do that because it's oh, okay. It's bad. <laughs> I'm an angry man. I want some more participation in this. He was almost not going to let us have another discussion this week, but I said, "Come on, mate. Come on. Uh, Come on. Just let's, let's, it's supposed to be a community here, but let's yep. be positive. Some people okay. have done it. They have. So let's positive. Yes. So dumps. He puts in two spare tubes. Um, gas canisters, which is a good idea. Gas canisters, yeah, definitely a good idea. One thing for those of you who use tubulars, I was down at uh, Scotty Brown's my cycle shop the other week, and uh, they have these cans that you basically put into a tubular and it puts I'm not some kind of material in it and it um, fills the hole. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So next year, yeah, I've seen those before. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how good they are, but yeah, it could be something. He also puts a small pump in there. Um, I tend to carry a pump myself, but that's yeah. You know, yep. Uh, and some beer. Nice. Don't know, don't know if you're pulling our leg there or not, Gumps. Uh, and whatever was two for one when he went to the supermarket the week before. Nice. Uh, we've got Ski Bum Seventy One. I don't have much experience in tri training, but on a light bike, long bike ride, six hours plus, peanut butter, cliff bars, turkey and cheese sandwiches, drinks water and what's that? Cytomax? Cytomax. Cytomax, um, alternating, and always has tubes in his patch kit. Nice. Mm. And then Hayden has two spare tubes, so spare tubes seem to be a pretty common thing, and he also has a couple of spare canisters, a few Can you take too many spare tubes? Because oh. you're obviously carrying a couple, aren't you? I think if you're getting a third puncher during the race, you know, that's going to be taking some significant time. If you're doing it for the first time, I don't think so. Yep. You know, if, if you're on tubes, you probably should be carrying okay, so two. So if you get three bike. punches, do you pull out? Oh, not if it's your first time. No, no you, you just keep me. Um, reasonably likely, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it never happened before. No, so touch wood. Yeah. Uh, a couple of goos, some uh, natural confectionery snakes. Now, they're really cool, eh? Have you touched it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's snakes. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. 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 Uh, a pill bag with a multivitamin, neurofen, and potassium and magnesium. Obviously, a little bit worried about cramping there. And maybe some cruskets with butter and Vegemite on them. Now, he's got a really good point there because one thing I do, with, <clears throat> I tend to just carry my little pill bags. I've, like, I make lots of little pill bags, so I have one every hour. And uh, sometimes they fall out and stuff, so I'm actually going to put some pill bags in my. The best way to carry your pills is get, I mean, it's a bit difficult these days, but get a little uh, film canister from the old films. I mean, I know everybody's yeah. on digital these days. No, those little M&M things, that's what people seem to have. So you oh. get those little mini M&Ms. Oh, yeah. yeah. and Hilary Biscay, she has one. Yeah. Yeah, and I noticed that's what they use is they have those little M&Ms. Yeah. And nice the nice. containers are really good for it. And then we got old Jim Picker. Yeah. Uh, got, just decided it's time to get a bit smart to the boys, didn't he? Picking away at us. He's got downtown, Jim. Here's what he said. I'll do yours and you do mine because okay. he picked some over. So in John's bag, he's got porn, yep. 
Rogaine? I don't know what this is all about. I don't know where, don't know where Rogaine comes from. Yeah. Pictures of Bevan and Mosquitoes? Well, that's true. It's obvious. Yeah. Aussie that's, rules. that's to make me angry. <laughs> yeah, to get the aggression out. Uh, Aussie Rules football schedule. I didn't really get that one, to be honest. No. And then Fran Tolkerton was a football player. Didn't know that. Yeah, we didn't know I that. He was a really weedy guy. He me. was. He looks really weedy. I mean, yeah. the weed man. Yeah. And then... Uh, and a reminder note to kiss his wife at the finish line. Yes. So, yeah. I do sometimes good. put notes in my bag just to remind me on a few things on do the run. You? Yeah, and some yeah. technique note notes and things like that. Do you? Like for affirmation? Yes. Do you write anything on your bike? Because I had someone who actually wrote stuff on Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people that do that. Yeah. Nice. Please No, I mean, I say it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there we go. There we go. And, and then Bevan's bag is a phonetic guide on how to pronounce names properly. Never opened. <laughs> <laughs> and the book on how to grow a mullet by Ken Glar. Oh, no, yeah, Ken mate, is the man, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, you did not even come close to yeah. Ken Glar. No, nah, mine, was, mine was a mini mullet compared to that. <laughs> a mirror? Yes, I think. I think oh, that. whatever. It's got mirrors all around this flippant <laughs> studio, I tell you. And uh, a map of the United States showing all of the places that he has visited. I've been to a lot of places in the States, did you know that? Mm, I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And a picture of Bevan in a Speedo. Yeah, I got Again, that. And, a, and a, I use a mirror to... Just, you know, <laughs> completely. But in his own bag, he has two spare chobes, uh, a spare tyre, some gels and bars, uh, Quickfill ear cartridges. Maybe that's the stuff that he uses, the mm. Quickfill stuff. And a picture of Bevan and his Speedos. <laughs> so, so anyway, this week for our discussion of the week, John wasn't going to let us have one, but I put the foot down and I said, we're going to do it. And uh, we actually got an email. You haven't read this one. I got an email from someone. Um, we'll have a look at that later. But it was a pretty good email. And it was pretty controversial. We had some comments on the show, which I liked. But uh, and uh, but in it, he was just mentioning about how it's hard for Ironman to make money because it's not a very high spectator sport. You know, most sports make their money from um, TV rights. TV rights or people going to the game, watching the game. That's how they make yep. their money. And for Ironman. That's not a really big profit taker. A because you don't charge to see people see the race, and uh, B there's not a huge TV game in it. But what we thought was, what was one way that event organisers or Ironman in general would be able to get more people to the races? Mm. Now everyone knows about Roach saying how you know, like for me, like I'm going to go. My goal was to go to Roach maybe after New Zealand, and if I were to do that race, I'm pretty sure, I'm, like as a professional, I'm not going to have the greatest placing in that race. But for me, I want to have the experience because everyone talks mm. about how you go to rope and the crowds and everything's wicked. And so we just want to hear what your guys' ideas are on how event organisers and the sport in general could build even bigger crowds. Mm-hmm. So and get more money. Yeah, yeah. So and We'll pass them on to event directors. <laughs> yeah, because well, they listen to us, obviously. And uh, if you do want to go in there and put your, um, your special needs bags ideas on there as well, that would be appreciated. I'm not, I'm not happy with this response. You're not happy? We know we've got more than four listeners. <laughs> we've got the stats that show we've got a lot more than four listeners. <laughs> so there you go, so that's our discussion. There's at least six of you out there. <laughs> <laughs> we've got six, I guarantee it. Okay, is there anything else? No, that's uh, pretty much our news for this week. You're going for website of the week. We're going for website of the week. Get your focus, mate. Get your focus. Okay, so we're going back to Wanaka because we're just about over our non-race season. Yeah. And, And, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Personal jinx. Yeah, so we've got, um, we thought we'd back this up to Wanaka and we're going for the female that was first age grouper. Uh, So, 
first age grouper was in the 20 to 29 age group in the females. She swam one hour, biked six hours, 12 minutes, and ran 4.09. A total combined time total of? Total combined time of 11 hours, 26. And her name is? Celia Kirch. Nice. Don't know which country she's from, um, but it's a fantastic effort. Tough day down there. There weren't a huge amount of women racing, but it was great to see a few out there, and uh, she pretty much dominated the age groupers. Nice. Second place was uh, just... How far behind? 12 hours. In Nearly an hour, an hour behind. So she was dominating force. Dominated so, the dojo. So I think she, she was worthy of, uh, of well, getting on the... the, the, yeah. the we don't want to take anything away from it, do we? No. By being cynical. No, of course no, not. Of course not. But I have so, to say, big ups to Wanaka. So... You, well, here you, we go. Yeah, where did yeah. this come from? Well, because I got an email the other day from Wanaka event organiser. I don't know who it was. And they said, you left something at the race. And I was thinking, oh, I, I tend to, I'm pretty good yeah. at losing stuff. And so I was thinking, oh, I wonder what I left. So I emailed back and it said, oh, give us your address and we'll courier it to you. And they, and they're sending me, they're couriering me an old top that I had my special needs bag. Oh, nice one. Yeah, so there's, uh, yeah, I thought it was service with a smile. Service with a smile. So, because, you know, special needs bags, you, you pretty much put what in there, and we talked about last week how once it's in there, it's gone. But, yeah. But no, so that was, I was very excited about it. It is a great race. So if you are thinking about, you know, coming down this way to, for a holiday or whatever, combine that in Wanaka is really close to Queenstown, which would be the number one sort of destination in New Zealand for, for tourists, so... Great place to come, and um, yeah, it was a really nice event. I was pretty happy with it too, you know why? Because you know how you get those old training tops that are old, and you should have chucked them out like 10 years ago, mm-hmm. but there's something about them, oh, yeah. you know, and you just love wearing that top. Well, that was my top. Good one. And my girlfriend goes to me, and I was like, you like that top, didn't you? And I was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> so there you go. So anyway, she is yeah. age grouper of the week. Website of the week. So we got an email through this week from I can't remember who it's from. Do you remember? Might be on the notes there. Maybe, maybe I think it is. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, website of the week. Of the week. Oh, Rick. Rick. So we're going out of order. We should yep. have had high five. Oh, we should. But have. Anyway, yep. it was from Rick, Rick Lard. Uh, sent in a few things in the past. So thanks for that, Rick. We do appreciate that. The website is rootslip.com. Rootslip.com. Uh, if you remember a little while ago, we had another sort of bike site called bikely.com, essentially doing a very, very similar thing. You go on there and you plot your route. It's using uh, Google Maps, I think, or, or something very, very similar. Yep. And uh, you can just go around and, and then you can share routes with people and a uh, great way to find Cycle routes. Cycle routes. Well, I guess you could do run routes, I suppose. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> didn't quite get that one, did I? <laughs> went over here, didn't it? <laughs> That's okay. And, it's been a long day. <laughs> it has been a long day. Um, now, the, the, with Bikely, this does do exactly the same thing, but the difference with this one here, rootslip.com, you can actually go through there and put elevation on it, which is uh, which is quite useful. So do you do that yourself, or do you think the website does it for you? Uh, I think you've got to put marker points all the way around, and I yeah. think it probably does it. Uh, I had a look at a couple of routes, and it does it. So it's a great little route, especially if you're going to Distance a... Distance climbing, it's got some information there as well. Yeah, so if you're going to a new place and you don't know any routes, you know, just... Uh, <laughs> Cycling routes, then. Cycling routes. Uh, get onto the site, rooteslip.com, and you can find some local ones. So, he gave us a link to one of uh, one of our local rides, the Short, uh, Short Bay Summit, yep. which is actually my, I prefer to do Summit than go down into Littleton, to be honest. And uh, and it's a it's a really traditional Christchurch ride. Uh, it's a, like an hour and a half to two hours, depending on how fast you are. 
really good solid hill climb. You're pretty much right up uh, what we call the Port Hills, Road. Summit Road. Um, you go down Summit and you come down in Evans Pass into Sumner. And the great thing about this one is it actually passed both John and my house on the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, give so us a wave. That's right. So if you're ever coming over to Christchurch you want to do short bays, definitely jump on here and check this out. We'll have a link to it on our website, www.ironmantalk.com. And uh, also just use this when you're travelling. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Good little site. Good little site. So that's root. That is our website of the, of the week. week. Nice. Again, send us more website guys. <laughs> Here we go. So on today's show, we've got Jane Patterson, who's the event organizer of Iron Man New Zealand, um, which is on the countdown. We're about 10 days away now. Bring I think. it on. And uh, we're all very excited because Bevan and I are both racing and are going head to head. Dude. And, um, yeah, so we're just going to find out if there's any new things on the horizon for Ironman New Zealand this year and any changes and having a quick look at the, the field. So, so welcome to the show, Jane. How are things uh, shaping up for this year's event? Oh, very good. Thank you very much for the opportunity to be on the show. It's good to, good to have a catch-up this close to the event. Um, and, look, things, things are shaping up well. We've obviously, I don't know if you've, you've heard, we've got a, a record number of Kiwis entered uh, the event this year, which is fantastic, it's about three and a half times what it was when we um, when we moved to Taupo. So, so we're really delighted to see that um, that growth coming from the domestic market. Yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? Hey, so, are there any course changes this year to what normally happens, like a normal procedure? Or is it pretty much the same as what it's been over the last few years? You know, it, it's pretty much the same. Um, we. Uh, Last year we started to run some of the, um, given the situation, we used the event centre, as you know, for the awards and yep. for the cargo load, and we also had the briefing up there. We are going to continue to use that. It just eliminates any 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 risk of having to move it at the last minute. Plus, even even when it's uh, when it's not wet, but it's windy, a marquee is very loud, and um, especially the importance of the briefing. So we're going to carry on using the event centre. Um, we we have we hope we have finalised the um, the overbridge, which has been discussed, which is about going uh, out of T2 and and avoids crossing the road across a state highway over a, a temporary bridge. Um, as often as the case with these things, transit are still um, flying through <laughs> some last minute questions. Yep, yep. Um, we we hope that that will be finalised. If not, we'll certainly you know look towards achieving that for next year. Um, and the um, we we have a new not so much for a course point of view, but from a, a um, athlete delivery of what they need um, as a as a new nutrition sponsor this year in Power Bar. Cool. Power Bar are the new um, nutrition sponsor for Ironman worldwide. And oh, I, I, think, I didn't know that. Yeah, so, so it's for every um, Ironman a- around the world. And, and I think there's something good in that because there's some consistency that, yep. from an athlete's point of view, obviously great for the sponsor and good on them for being able to negotiate that sort of a license with the World Triathlon Corporation. But I think what that does start to deliver is some consistency that an athlete can turn up at any event in the world and know what nutrition that, that, that's going to be served to them on course. So I, I actually, I, it's something I've been strongly um, working towards since I've been in the job is just trying to see some consistency across the board in some of those sorts of things um, and you know other things like the, um, the way that you know we're penalised when we sat around a table and in Hawaii a few years ago we sort of looked at the whole penalty and found that you know the 10 different races doing 10 different <laughs> ways mm. of, of penalising an athlete so it's just about some consistencies I think that, that um, a, a global nutrition sponsor is a very good step forward Just, just quickly on a personal note are you ever going to take the swim back to where it was previously like where it used no. to come out of the water oh, oh, we would like to but, but we can't and, uh... and that's really just that we always had to change um, uh, have to work with Mighty River Power obviously on the water flows there yeah. and 
and and I think what we tried to show them before was that we absolutely needed it and then when the year we couldn't do it and we showed them that it is possible to run that sort yeah. about it it's really we really closed the door to be able to go back uh, there fair enough. so so mm. no I think it'll always remain the way it is at the moment and in fact you know I know it's not it's, it, there was some question over it at the start but it, it's such a great spectator um, piece True. of work right yeah. now I know that's tough on an athlete but um, was having to run that distance, but you know, just the, the supporters can sort of line that long piece of carpet for quite a long time. It's a really neat way for the supporters to see their athlete coming out of the water, which before they so once they're out and up the ramp and straight up those stairs and into transition, they weren't necessarily seen mm. by their support crew. So, yeah, so we've actually cool. had some quite positive feedback. Good. Um, well, you obviously mentioned you've got a record number of, of New Zealand athletes racing this year. It must be a little bit disappointing that the overseas ones have uh, have just dropped off a little bit, but maybe wasn't totally unexpected after last year. Well, I think you know I, I, it's a really interesting subject. I would uh, first of all, uh, yes, they're naturally a little bit disappointed to see the numbers come back. Having said that. I've been in the job for nine years and have been. we have worked so hard to try and see our domestic numbers come up. And what I think is important for people to understand is that the, the drop in numbers this year I don't think is solely a response to last year, to the shortened race. Um, because if it was, it doesn't make sense that our New Zealand numbers are up because probably the New Zealanders were some among the most disappointed. Yeah. But I think there are a couple of things that are, are contributing to it. One was, yes, maybe there's a little bit of loss of um, faith or support in the area and people want to see a good, a good lake and a good swim day and see a full Ironman. That's one. Yep. Secondly... Ironman Australia now has uh, Australia now has two Ironman events. In the past, Port Macquarie, um, or what was Foster, but now Port Macquarie, they had a cutoff of 1,500 people, and it was a qualifying event. It is now no longer a qualifying event, and they've extended their field to 1,800. Yeah. So whereas before, an Australian athlete wanted to do a race, didn't qualify, they would they would have to they would have to travel. Now exactly. they they don't have to qualify. They could go to Perth, or they could come to New Zealand. Yeah. That's the second, so that has really affected us, and, and where the drop is uh, this year is predominantly out of the Australian market. It's over 50% down. And wow. I guess also um, Malaysia might have a small impact as well, you know, that's on yeah, the week yeah, before. Yeah, maybe a small one. I, yeah, but I, I just generally think that, um, you know, Australians don't have to travel to do an Ironman anymore. Yeah. Um, mm. and, and, you know, let's face it, Ironman is tough on the, on the, back, on the wallet at all times. Yeah. Um, by the time an athlete goes through training and had to go through qualifying and spending the money to qualify and then turn around, you know, and have to do an Ironman on top of that. So, so that was a, it's a very strong decision which has really impacted on us. And the third thing is um, the um, the growth of 70.3. So I, and now having the World Championship, I think that um, because uh, the time and and the cost involved in an Ironman, I, I think the market is growing a bit with, with those who are doing a half Ironman distance. But there are also those who say, I'm going to do an Ironman this year and maybe do 70.3 the following year. And so I actually think 70.3 has impacted on everyone's numbers. Mm-hmm. We're not the only one down. I was speaking to Ken Glau on the phone a couple of days ago. He's obviously involved in Ironman Brazil. That's another race like us that really relies on, on its international field. Um, and they're 25% down. Yeah, wow. So, okay. so I think what's important to understand is 
I personally would have been really interested to see what happened with our numbers had we run a full distance last year. I, I still believe we were probably going to see a drop yeah. because of some of those other reasons that I've, that I've just given you. But what is happening is the growth of the sport domestically because as um, more and more, I mean, when I first started running the series, I think there was like 11 Ironmans and now there's 18 or something around yeah. the world. And so as those are growing and now there's a new one in Kentucky, Every time there's another one somewhere else in the world, that is potentially an international who is not travelling to New Zealand that used to travel. Mm. So my focus from a marketing perspective over the last seven or eight years has been to try and build our domestic market so that we don't rely so heavily on our, on our international market for the race to continue. And because anyone could force, I could foresee what, exactly what's happening as an international trend with more, with more. So yes, it's a little disappointing, but we're so heartened to see those new New Zealand numbers come back and that helps sponsorship and there is a, a flow on effect to more New Zealanders participating nice. in this event. Nice. And I think probably the Aussies are a bit worried that if they come over here, we're all going to give them crap about the cricket anyway. Yeah, so we'll scare them off. Hey, so race coverage in Taupo coming up. We've got you obviously on ironman.com. Is it just going to be text updates this time, or are you going to have some audio, audio and video uh, on We're there? doing exactly as we've done in the past with audio and, oh, cool. and um, video and text and live results all on ironman.com. Because what we have found, we've found, we have found in the past, Ironman New Zealand coverage has been really good. Yeah. Um, you know, often Hawaii is obviously outstanding, but some of the other races sort of fall over a little bit. But um, and even the tech state updates can often be a bit behind, or not yeah. behind, just not yeah. that thorough. But we found uh, New Zealand to be really good. So, yeah, we yeah. Uh, everybody appreciates that. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see it. Because all our listeners will be watching out for us, exactly. so, obviously. Looking yeah, at everyone's watching for you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Looking at the pro field, I mean. Um, uh, I've I've been watching the race and competing for a number of years, but I, I've got to say it's got to be probably one of the strongest top end of the field for the men that I've, that I've ever seen. I mean, you must be wrapped with that. Yeah, I mean, really delighted with the with the um, field we've been able to pull together for this year. And um, and again, you know, it's uh, I think it's great for the sport. It's going to make it a great race. Mm. I think in the past, you know, Kiwis have been a little hard on on us as a race, sort of saying. Oh, you know, it's um, the, the competition's not that tough against Cameron, and I think what we've got to remember is we're very lucky to have one of the you know top five in the world race here every year in Cameron, and and while that's fantastic for us, that that poses a little problem for us because sometimes it's harder to attract some of the athletes because they know they've got to race Cameron Brown at home. Yeah, and let's face it, there's probably there's probably um, say ten to twelve men that you would love to get in your field. Yeah. And there are 18 races around the world. Someone's yep. going to miss out. So we've got Cameron every, and we, yep. and I, and I really reiterate how important that is because we could so easily not have him. Um, so we, we've got the best. But having said that, it is great to see um, the field come together that we've been able to pull together this year. We've definitely worked really hard at achieving that. Um, so, so how do you go about achieving that? Um, well, it starts. I mean, it's it's certainly part of the reason why I um, go to Hawaii every year um, because that's where we start to talk to them. Um, I, I try to keep in contact with them um, year round and start to get a feel for what their race plan might be. My job is definitely harder than a lot of other athletes because we're so early in the season, mm. and and they tend to want to take a break straight after Hawaii. And you're sort of asking them for those in the wrong hemisphere for us to to start training early and start training in the cold. So so it's a bit of a mixture of um, staying in contact with them with them all year, 
um, partly going to um, Hawaii and then um, partly sort of working towards who are their sponsors and what sponsors are tied in with us. So, for instance, having Power, power Bar and getting Ain back, you know, it was, it was, it was fantastic because yeah. he's, he's obviously a, 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 one of their sponsored athletes. So it's yeah. kind of all three of them tied together. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's just going to be a riveting race in yeah. some ways. <laughs> I want to sit on the sidelines because I think, you yeah, know, obviously we'll have... Uh, Tilborn Cinderbell probably right off the front and then uh, and Johansson probably trying to, to get up towards him as well and then um, Cameron and uh, Luke Bell will probably be sort of neck and neck all the way so I think it's going to be an absolutely brilliant yeah, race. Yeah I think so and I think you know, Luke, Luke knows exactly how Cameron races yeah. and they're actually probably quite similar in the Definitely. way they race. They won't want to get um, them to you know, him to get too much lead on the bike but they both can can run and you know, you know I, re- I, I think it's Fantastic that we've got that Aang Johansson coming back because you know he returns as the champion and and he has a point to prove as well mm. and and he you know he, he had a great race in Lanzarote again he's also a very strong cyclist so I think um, you know the, 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 there's something in all of it the dark horse in it, it might be um, uh, Kai Kai Hundemark from Germany I mean you know you know, if we're going to look at a dark horse that, that could be someone like that you know he's, he's a former professional cyclist with the Tour de France. When he moved to triathlon, he immediately won his age group at Hawaii, went on to return professional the following year, and became and was 16th overall. Mm, so yeah. you know, throw him in the mix. I would say it's really good to have a couple of top athletes, as we've got, in Cinderella and Bell and Brown, but, but, but it's, it's the depth that you get in behind that that really yeah. turns it into an even stronger race, and mm. I think that's what we've got with some of those top guys. This year we've also got some really good depth, yeah. And Kai and, and, and some of those guys, Rene Rivera from France, they, they, they're sort of adding to that depth. And uh, we heard some rumours. Is Kieran Doe racing or not? Has he entered? No, not that I'm aware. In fact, I've heard that um, Kieran's doing uh, Port Macquarie. But yeah. I, again, um, it's a rumour. It's only what I've heard. But no, I, I'm, he's not. That's far as I know. He's yeah. not doing New Zealand. So it's, so it's a big race for Joe. Joe Lorne's going for number five, which would be beating Erin's record, won't it? Mm. Yeah, so it's yes, pretty exciting. Yep. So do you think any she's got, you know, do you think she's pretty much got a, unless she has a terrible day, pretty much got it wrapped up, or do you think there's much of a challenge on the woman's side of things? Look, I don't know. I think Joe jo is an incredibly strong athlete. Um, she has her, uh, her mental strength and her mental toughness is unbelievable. She does come into the race with some pressure this year, carrying some of those sort of race records and, and, yeah. and, and breaking records, and Cameron knows what that's like. It's hard to carry that. Um, but, but having said that, you know, she's, she's certainly she's got what it takes, but she, she's up against some people who, who are doing okay as well. You know, Goldnick has had a win. She's had five podium finishes. Um, Kim Loeffler is a phenomenal runner. Um, so, you know, jo- Joseph's got to pull together the right day, um, yeah. as, as we do with anyone. It's, but I, I, having said that, I do find it's really hard to pull together a really strong men's field and a really strong women's field. It just mm. seems to go, you know, one year you seem to have a better men's field and in some, sometimes a stronger women's field. This, mm. I, I, you know, the, the strength is in the men's field. Mm, definitely good. I mean, um, a lot of people might not know, but you also run a lot of other events around New Zealand. You do um, the Port of Tauranga Half and also a women's triathlon series. Yep. As, as an organiser, I mean, how much of your time is devoted to Ironman versus versus your sort of other race commitments? Uh, look, it's, um, you know, for me personally, it's, it's um, since I've been running my own business, it's probably a little less because I, um, I've, you know, I run my own business now. I'm not working for another company that where I was just employed to run Ironman. So I have um, a, a team around me that um, 
work together. But so as a company and and a, and a group with the race director and the event manager and myself, it's 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 probably you know fifty percent, sixty percent of the year. And but it goes in swings and roundabouts. Winter's obviously a real planning period, and yeah. and, and that's when I'm writing the budget and the marketing plans and 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 re-signing sponsors, and that's when I'm busiest. Whereas the sort of kick into operational management and that's where the event manager and race director and his staff get, get busier and I might fall back to another 20% but it's probably you know, 50, 60% all year round. Yeah, that's just pretty cool. So um, WTC has now kind of started talking about well, we've got 70.3, it's getting out there around the world. Have you been in any discussions about that, we're having a 70.3 in New Zealand? We've we've definitely had have had some discussions with them, but no concrete plans. And I mean, put it this way: WTC has discussed the seventy point three with every country that currently holds a full distance Ironman. Really? So they're really trying to get it out there. Yeah. So, so um, and when we meet in Hawaii at an international race directors meeting, um, that's that's when it's discussed. So have we been in discussion with WTC? Yes, because we have to be as part of all of that. But there's no concrete plans at the moment for New Zealand. But uh, look, a seventy point three will come to New Zealand. At, I think that the growth of 70.3 is is huge. I think it has enormous potential um, just because of, I think it can drag people both ways, you know, can drag the sort of shorter distance and Olympic distance guys yeah. up, the highest, the full Ironman distance people back. It's a more achievable distance, distance for age groupers with sort of less pressure on um, time and financial commitment. So I think across the board, there's, um, it's got great potential. Having said that, it's still going to be a... Um, and I, you know, it's still a qualifier. And I guess the question for me will be: Is the attraction to go to Clearwater and Florida the same as the attraction to go to Kona? Yeah. Um, and the cost. I, I went to Florida to the inaugural event this year, and the cost to go there and the length of time to get there. It's you know, sort of two days of travel. It was a very expensive exercise. Yeah. And I think that that's got to be considered when you're in this part of the world. <laughs> I've got to do something about that course. So we were talking about this before. Yeah, the bike the, course. The, the drafting was a bit of an issue, but I'm sure that they're, they're fully aware of that. So we, yeah. obviously about last year, I mean, um, I was up there as a spectator last year and, and it was a nightmare. There's no way you could have run the swim and, and everybody's got their opinion on what you should have done, whether you should have done a full bike and a full run or a duathlon yeah. or, or whatever. And uh, and I don't think you're ever going to please any, everybody. Or, or And uh, just, at the end of the day, everybody was disappointed because they didn't get to do an Ironman and, and, and probably... You were most disappointed out of everybody. Yeah. But, I mean, has what happened last year sort of changed anything for this year or future years? I think if it's it's changed our awareness. I mean, I look, you always plan for a contingency, and I know there are many people out there that believe to this day we didn't have a contingency plan, and um, we sat around drinking lattes deciding what to do on the morning. <laughs> the fact is we did have a contingency plan, and you just have to. You couldn't be in an international qualifying race. Did, but it's one of those things that you plan for it. You, you have a contingency plan. Do you ever think you would ever have to implement it at the level that we did in a place like Taupo on a day like that? Mm. No. So, um, so it's changed our awareness, and as a result, we've made some changes around it. So I think it's fair to say any contingency plan, any event director and their contingency plan, which has to be you know part of a structure that's run by World Triathlon Corporation, would be if you cancel the swim, you go to a bike run. Yes. And hadn't been able to do that, you know, that would have been great. What where our awareness has changed is, wow, the conditions can be not only just the water, yeah, which which was the delayed start was was you know not because of the swim at that point it was obviously because of the conditions with the wind and getting people around the lakefront. That's where when I'm saying it's changed our awareness, I think it's changed that we needed to go through that to to be aware that 
that the sort of go to contingency plan B and then there's contingency plan C, which is in the case that you can't run B. And the chances of that happening around the world are so minimal. Yeah. Mm. Um, so we have made some changes in that way. So if we were to have the same day, and I'm absolutely sure we won't, yeah. but if, if that was the same situation, we would, we would turn to a contingency, but we have an alternative bike course which does not take them around the waterfront. Oh, okay. okay. So good. If, if there was a wind, and we've had, it, we've had a full traffic management plan written and approved for that, so we sort of had a stronger contingency plan so to speak, yeah. um, um, based on, on that happening, and, and, and we didn't have that. Um, we wouldn't have known that that could have happened. We just, as I said, would have thought, if you cancel the swim, yeah. you're just going to a full-distance full bike, full-distance run. Mm, definitely. Hey, so you're a director and you've been doing it for a long time now. What's the hardest part of your job? Um, that's a good question. Um, we're good, we're think, full of great questions. <laughs> yeah, very good questions. I think, to be honest, I think the hardest part for me is is the fine line that you tread between what is a sport and, for the majority, a hobby yep. is also a business. And mm. so you, you tread this fine line where you try to make decisions which are in the best interest of um, of the event and and also take bear in mind what the athlete wants as part of their experience, but also at the end of the day it is a business and a business has to return a profit. Mm-hmm. And so you have to, it's just making some of those decisions or not only what they're made but how they're communicated. And so you know athletes see things from their perspective based on it's what they love, it's their passion, and Ironman is such a passionate sport. And so it's never losing sight of the passion because that's what drove me into the sport and that's why I love doing what I do. But it's never losing sight of that passion and trying to make those decisions but also remembering all the time it is a business just like a restaurant or any other business that that, that has to, you know, sometimes make decisions or, or, or have decisions made that are, you know, Yep. Not going to be popular with its customers. It's that tightrope, isn't it? Mm. Mm. It doesn't actually want to hear. And, and the other thing I would say, Ironman is a brand. That, that, that M dot is a brand. It's a powerful brand, like Coca Cola is, like McDonald's is. And you know, sometimes decisions around that sort of thing. You talk to an athlete and say you call Ironman a brand. They say it's not a brand. It's a it's a sport. And mm. so it's that, it's those sorts of things that, that mm. that's probably where I'm most challenged. That's probably the hardest part. And obviously on the flip side of that, I mean, what do you find most rewarding about um, running the race? Uh, standing at the, the finish line yeah. on, on race day. You know, I mean, it's, it's always, I absolutely love the start. And I guess, I mean, I'm speaking personally here, um, but I, I love the race start. I love to, to see that um, Mike Riley start that race, so to see all those arms first go in the water. It's this amazing sense of this was a year's work that, you know, it's certainly not just me, it's sort of 45 people who are working pretty hard all year round to bring that together. So the satisfaction of seeing it underway, um, but, but I guess for me really personally it's just watching that passion at the finish line from, you know, the champions right through to the 17-hour finishes. Right. It's got to be anyone's sort of... So you do get a lot of time to kind of stand around and be there at the end? Yeah, I try to stay oh, cool. at the finish line for, for, for all of it, in fact, because that's, that's where you learn, that's where you see, and that, that's where it reminds you of everything you, you did. Yeah. You know, and, um, and that's why last year was equally as disappointing for me and for the team that we worked for and the volunteers as it was for the athletes. You know, it's 
damn hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got to say, I've done a lot of races around the world, and the first time I came to do Taupo, the, the start there probably uh, you know, exceeded any other races I did. So it's, it's such a fantastic venue with the, the lake there and getting the walker out there and the, yeah. the music and, yeah. and the sun sort yeah, of coming up just, yeah. just before the start. Yeah. So it's just, just yeah, brilliant. It's and um, so any other sort of news from the, the race that you want to share with the listeners? Or, um... Oh, I, um, look, I'm not sure you know, how many people are aware of, um, obviously we've got the extra 10 slots this year, which right. we've, um, yeah, you know, cool. we've 70 slots to Hawaii, and, and I was, uh, we were able to, um, to get another 10 slots, um, which, which, which is huge, and, and, and given that we've got a drop in numbers this year, everyone's odds are up a little bit, um, so it looks good for the New Zealanders. We put those 10 slots straight back into the age groupers, so the exciting thing from that is, you know, when I go to Hawaii every year, we're usually looking at a, a New Zealand team of around 30. Well, I, I believe that this, this extra slots and the change in the sort of um, share of the race of internationals versus New Zealanders, we could see by far the largest number of New Zealanders going to Hawaii this year and I think that would be fantastic. Mm. Um, for the Women's Only Breakfast, um, we've got Barbara Kendall, oh, okay. the three-time Olympic medalist, come to um, talk to the woman that's on um, on the Friday morning at 7.15. And, I, you know, I think that's great. We, we've definitely had a couple of um, women there in the past who, who have been um, triathletes but I, I think it's at that point what you're saying to someone about what they're racing the next day you know it's almost better to keep them off the subject of triathlons that's what we mucked around last year with having Catherine as a as a runner but um, and for this year having a uh, windsurfer is, is, is totally different but she's really unique I've heard her speak before and, yeah, she's and, an amazing um, woman isn't she Mm. I think that'll be great. And the other person who's coming out this year is Terry Lachlan, who's obviously the man behind oh, Total Immersion. Total Immersion, and, yeah. Uh, and swimming, and he's he's taking some um, he's taking some seminars um, at the event this year. So it's going to be fantastic to have him there. There's always been a lot of talk around his style of of, uh, of coaching swimming, and and just to have that international perspective, um, I think it'll be fantastic to have him as well. So a few a few new things. Um, just um, oh, yeah. just one thing on the the slots. Um, are they sort of Distributed on a sort of pro rata basis on on how many numbers there are in each age group, or how do how do you sort of decide that? Absolutely correct. It's it's literally a formula that it's like a formula in, a, in an Excel spreadsheet, and you put in your total number, and you put in each of the figures that you have in each of the age groups, and then you press enter, and it flicks out how many go in each. So that way, the formula is used by every single race. It's not it's not not sort of worked out. What a race can decide is what will be the diff of their total Kona slots what will be the share of age groupers to pros and we've always gone 10 to 60 and this year we're going 10 to 70 yep. so an, an individual race can make that decision if they want to go 50 to 50 you know to, to yep. share their you know 50 percent they can but once you've decided what your um, allocation of age groupers is then everyone uses the exact same formula so mm-hmm. yes it's used on it's based on the number of people in each age group how do you go about getting the slots like do you have to put forward uh, to the, the IM I mean to um, you kneel and yeah. you beg <laughs> <laughs> literally, <laughs> no, literally, because we, I mean, I've been trying to get more slots in New Zealand for the last eight years. So, because yeah, um, yeah. um, we, we actually quite a good sort of amount, don't we? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, well, compared to Australia, our numbers are fantastic. Yeah. Getting, getting up around the eighty mark, but no, literally, you just go to, you know, you just try to put a case across to the World Triathlon Corporation as to why you you believe you need more slots. Ultimately, we pay for them. The yeah. license of an Ironman is, is you're basically what you're buying is the, the right to call it an Ironman and, and, and your slots. Yeah. So equally, the price went up as a result, but sure. I believe that um, particularly 
in the need to to you know to to see this sort of this change and trend of those people who are entering that to be able to say we had another ten slots could make a difference to our ability to pull that market from Australia and pull that market out of America and reward New Zealanders for racing at home. Mm. This is a marketing decision apart from anything to be honest. And one other thing I, I think I heard um, in the past for for Ironman New Zealand you had to tick a box or something like that to say yes you wanted to go into the qualifying for Hawaii but yeah. am I right in understanding that this time everybody goes in and you just have to turn up to the, the roll down procedure? That's correct and we, to be honest we actually introduced that the year before last and okay. that was uh, yeah, we made that decision on a year where just basically once it was online um, when people used to have to tick a box no one made a mistake but when you are online often we'll get someone um, ring us and they say look you know I'm, you've got me down from um, as, as being from Estonia or Chile or the Czech Republic and I'm actually from New Zealand but it's, it's, it's the use of drop down boxes and, uh. and you know if you drag the cursor away often it will bounce back I'm sure everyone's had that experience yeah. at some point we had no way of sort of saying people say oh but I did tick it yeah. and, and it just was um, yeah, and they'd be you know, really passionate and angry wouldn't they and they're really passionate and angry that's yeah. right prior to roll down saying I definitely ticked it and we just had no way with you know it's much harder and and at the end of the day we don't want to make it difficult for yeah. people no. difficult enough to train to get there we don't want to sort of make it difficult basically so we said well you know well why are we actually doing this why don't we just say everyone can qualify and if they're not there when their name's read out we'll just carry on down the yeah. list so mm, that's great. it just yeah just took away a technical problem more than anything nice. well um Thank you very much for sharing your yeah, time. Great interview. It's going to be a pretty busy time. We heard your uh, email popping away there in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, Bevan's coming up on yeah, Monday. Yeah, I'm coming up Monday. To, and, yeah, uh, we're coming up later in the week, so we'll catch you up there. And thanks for your time, and, um, yeah, all the best with the race, um, and uh, we look forward to having a few quiet ones afterwards. Yeah. yeah, thanks very much, and thank you very much for your support of the race. We appreciate it, and good luck to you guys. We'll see thank you Thank you, thank you. Watch that Bye. clock. It's going to be under nine hours. Under nine hours. That's the boys are for both of us. Yeah, there we go. As long as Bevan's behind me, we'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll see you out there. Thanks, Jane. Thanks. Questions and answers. Yeah. Okay, so we've got questions and answers coming up. And first of all, we had a Peter Coulson from... Australia. 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 How's it going? Cricket there, guys. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> just for you who don't know what's happened, because a lot of people from around the world won't know much about cricket, especially the Americans. We're spanking them. They Firstly, the Aussies got spanked by England. Yep. The Aussies are the best in the world. And they dominate cricket. They are very good at cricket. And they got spanked, and then they came over New Zealand. And we've smashed them. Smashed them pieces. Set two new records. Yeah. And, oh, uh, I'd hate to be on Australia. Oh, it'd be embarrassing week. at the moment. Well, next week they'll smash us. But that's okay. We'll take it for now. But anyway, he sent us through a great article that was on the internet, on the Times Online, and uh, just talking about how Ironman athletes are putting their heart at risk of fatal damage. I'm not going to hit the table now, Bevan, but I, I was a very feel like it, don't you? angry man it's when I read this man. article. I'm just sick of living in a bloody society where we're just controlled by sick fear. Of it. I'm sick of that. I've gone home. I've had that. But it's just bullshit. <laughs> He's an angry man today. Yeah, you see, this is this is what I should put in my race um, and my special needs. Yeah, pull out this article. Get me fired up. 10K oh, I'm not going to let you. <laughs> but it's just some tool in, 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 in I think in the state somewhere. He's um, done a study saying, you know, if you go and do Ironman, then you're going to risk heart attacks if you've got a certain small heart or something like yeah. that. We'll put the link up there and read the article. It, is, um, it just gets you, gets you fired up. Yeah. And I mean, God, it's just common sense. Of course we're putting ourselves at a bit of risk, but yeah. Bevan, why don't you go down the road and buy a newspaper and you've yeah. just gone and increased your risk of getting lung cancer. That's right. And if you go out on your bike, you've increased your risk yeah. of getting run over. It's just ridiculous. And I get sick of... 
these people that write these articles and uh, are just trying to scaremong us. So it's interesting they don't really talk. Yeah, I, I haven't really read the article to be honest, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of benefits as well. You might want to want to. You get angry. Okay, I don't. Well, I'm not an angry man, mate. I'm a lover, not a fighter. We don't like so, angry people. I'm not going to read it because I don't want to be angry. Yeah, because I'm so, happy. And thanks for sending the article. We do appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we do read it because it is interesting. And, well, I haven't uh, read it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it just just goes on how stupid some people are. Hey, so we got another email from Cliff MacArthur, and uh, he was just saying, he's just talking about some of the technical stuff regarding the show. Now, he doesn't use an iPod. He uses uh, a Toshiba Gigabit MP3 device, and he's saying that lately I've been using a, a doing, doing a show slightly different. I use this program called The Levelator, which um, eliminates the ups and downs, so we don't get so many of those kind of bad shows where it was really loud and really quiet. And um, in doing that, he's saying it's changed the way he's been have to... He's basically had to convert something to then upload it to his Toshiba MP3 player. So I just want to get some feedback from you guys out there listening to it. Now I imagine most of us listen on iPods because it seems to be the dominant MP3 player out there, or either on our computer. But if people who aren't using iPods, if you have any problems uploading the show to your MP3 player, I just want you to give me some feedback on um, if this, you need to do anything or if it actually stops you from listening to the show, in which case you're probably not hearing this. But mm. uh, but anyway, you know, if you can just give us some feedback on that, it would be really great. So The Levelator. The Levelator. It's a great name, isn't it? <laughs> it's fantastic. Here we go. Uh, oh, no, this is good. This is good. Uh, we had Martin... Well, I think it's got some good points. Why don't you pronounce the surname? Martin Spearings. Spearings, okay, yeah, we'll go yeah. for that. Spearings, yeah. He's uh, just sent in, he's just a little bit cynical about X-Try and the direction X-Try is going in. Um, yeah, obviously it's been bought by, by Vinu uh, Malik, who, who owns Fuel Belt and a few other bits and pieces. And he's just a bit cynical saying, you know, he bought the X-Try and, and it used to be a great standard and saying that, um, you know, now we're seeing X-Try sponsored athletes as the featured things and it's yeah. all sort of revolving around his business and, and he's not going to be controversial because he doesn't want to piss off you know Ironman organisers and things like that so um, yeah he's pretty cynical about that side of things. So I think he's got some points. He has yeah. and of course you know I, I completely agree with some of those points but, but let's give uh, Vino a bit of time to see what he does with the site. I think he has been a bit slow out of the box you know that the site did go downhill when he first purchased it but yeah. he's getting, it looks like he's getting on top of it now and, um, and I think hopefully by the time the season rolls around um, you know, hopefully he gets it back up the same standard, sort of good up-to-date news and your sort of first stop shop for, for an impartial view. Yeah. Obviously, if you go to Ironman, it's always going to be a bit laced yeah. with, with what they're doing. Um, but what we're actually going to do is we are going to get Vinu on the show in the next few weeks. Um, and so we'll get a chat from him and we'll actually see, see what he says. So, um, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll put this to him. Because we're not afraid to ask the hard questions. So you just listen up for a few weeks, man. Uh, it won't be for a few weeks because we're obviously off to Ironman. Um, but we will get him on. We've already had some contact with him. Yeah, that'd be great. So we'll uh, watch this space. And I can't complain too much because I was on it this week. You so. were just looking at yourself. Oh, I was on it like twenty four seven. Okay, uh, Ruth Davis, Davy, Ruth Rice, 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 Davy. Yep. Uh, you want to go to Yep, Rice is in, in Aussie, and he's been living in. Oh, and this guy's a legend. Xi'an, China, and uh, he's training up for Ironman Malaysia. So hopefully you get this before you go. Um, quite possibly not because you might already be over there, but he's basically done all his training on... Inside. Inside, because it's been winter. Two hour 40 runs on a treadmill. It's, have you ever done that? I once did a two and a half. I, I wouldn't have been over 50 minutes. Broke my heart. Yeah. Broke my heart. And that two, oh, it's the hardest. It was just so boring. Yeah, and, and also he's biking on a spin machine. So I'm not sure if he's talking about a spin machine or on a well, um, indoor trainer. Yeah. If it's on a spin machine, that's pretty, um, yeah. pretty outstanding as well. So his question really was um, how he's going to how to deal with the heat and a few things like that. So one day I will go into this in a bit more detail. But 
really um, my tips for uh, if you're going to a hot race, try to get there as soon as you can to acclimatise. I know when I went to Kona, it went about two weeks and I found it took about 10 days to okay, acclimatise. Let's, let's be a bit more specific because he's 10 days, he's doing Malaysia. Yeah, yeah. So what can yeah. we tell him now? Get there as soon as you can. <laughs> well, well, he's going to hear this tomorrow, mate. <laughs> um, really, obviously, and this goes without saying, really work on your hydration. Try to drink regularly all the time rather than binge drinking. You know, you're better off not having a, a whole you know, litre and a half of fluid and then just wandering around for hours and then coming back and having another litre and a half. Yeah. Always carry a, um, a drink bottle with you. Remember what Em was saying about that, how to, you know, pretty much three days out from the race you should be basically drinking to build up your hydration And make levels. sure it's a really good amount of energy drink, not just water. Yeah. Um, the main thing for Malaysia is you just got to bloody slow down, you know, in the race. You just look at the times and the guys are woeful on the run, they just blow up. So you've really just got to do a very, very controlled race, much more controlled than, than normal. Uh, if you do get the opportunity to run in the shade a bit over there, I'd, I'd definitely take that opportunity. It may not always be the uh, the shortest route. Yeah, we're talking about routes all the time today, aren't we? And, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And just when I, uh, when you start the bike and the run, just start with a bit of water rather than going straight to uh, energy drink. That's just common practice for, for all your racing, just to try to get your stomach moving. And um, again, it's not going to help you. But when you are training for an event where it is going to be hot. Uh, just overdress in quite a big way before you train to try to get your core body temperature up. Um, you know, wear jackets and when you're on the treadmill, just get really, really hot. And the other key thing there is to train your stomach to take in the fluids. So yeah. you're training in winter, you just unfortunately you just got to pee it all out. Yep. You won't be sweating it out. So you just got to get that hydration up. Um, some things to probably avoid on race day, I'd, I'd suggest in a, in a race like Malaysia, don't wear an aero helmet. You want to get some ventilation going through your your head. And, uh, and I suggest on the run, probably wearing a visor over a cap. Again, you can get a bit more ventilation over the top of your head and uh, hopefully you won't get so hot. But yeah, the main one, main one would be just to try and slow down a little yeah, bit. and drink like a mofo. So all the best for that race. And you did mention the cricket. Oh, what did you say? You said, uh, I'm an Australian. I know you guys give it to us a little bit. That's cool. The World Cup is coming. Well, Bring it on. Bring it on. That's what we say. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, last we've got James um, Styler. And, uh, it's a style. Style, Styler. He's basically asking a couple of camp questions. Uh, who was the fussiest eater? We're not going to answer that. They actually weren't really no, the fussy weren't. eaters no. this year. And as I was saying to John on the bike, you can't really be fussy on your camp. You just got to eat. Yeah. Um, who was the most courageous? What was the most courageous thing you saw over the course of the camp? Lou. Uh, probably Lou, just yeah. um, going out there and, and tacking on every day. Pretty much Lou was rode, rode by himself the whole camp. And then and then that swim he did at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So Lou, I think we mentioned this, Lou did a 50-minute swim when his PB, or last best swim in the last four or five years, was like 56. Yeah. Beat so Gordo out of the water. Like, pretty that was legendary. legendary. Yeah. Uh, for everybody from Epic Camp New Zealand race and Ironman together, who would win? Um, well, Gordo. Gordo probably would. Yeah. Pretty, pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> Gordo kick up. Yeah. Uh, and one more epic camp question what is the most popular choice of breakfast nutrition that's eaten on the morning of racing an Ironman or is everyone different and when is the optimal time to eat it and does it affect you when you begin good question and calories once out on the course uh, oh it's a non-epic camp question yeah um, probably the most popular thing I see people eating is uh, is rolled oats yep. uh, and generally having it around about two and a half hours before race start is, is the best time to be having it so you give yourself some time to digest uh, digest that. If you're getting into that you know, one hour before the race, uh, chances are it may well come up on, on you on the swim. Yep. So a suggestion would be around about two to two, somewhere between two and three hours before the race. You really want complex carbs, complex carbs yep. that you know you can congest. I mean, you know. Everybody's a bit different, you just got to practice it. I know some people have eggs, you know, eggs on toast, fried eggs I think Cameron yep. Brown has. Um, 
I have creamed rice with uh, banana and some fruit and, uh, and then some toast. Some people just have toast. Yeah. It's just something you've got to practice. There's no perfect answer. Uh, and then between that sort of time you have breakfast and race time, then you can sort of top it up with a few gels and energy drink and things like that. And nice. that's it, James. Nice. Um, okay, so that's pretty much the show. So uh, I Mean Talk is proudly brought to you by Coffees of Hawaii.com. Dot com and, and uh, uh, certainly appreciate their business. The other thing we need to mention is we will be at Ironman New Zealand on the Blue 70 website on the Thursday and Friday before the race and between 2 and 3 p.m. Uh, on, th- on the f- one of those days we'll have to pop off a little bit early because we've got the pro race briefing probably okay. at 5 2. But uh, we'll have Epic Camp posters to sign and hopefully we're going to have some coffees of Hawaii. They've got some really cool posters. Hopefully they'll turn up in time and we'll have some of those to sign as well. And it's been really cool because some people have been writing through saying they've been ordering it. So, and, and so really Albert's think- a fantastic man. Yeah, well, it's a with. bit of a charmer, old Albert, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. charming hey, over the email. Hey. You've got to be pretty special to do that over the email, don't you? Exactly. You've got to learn from this man. <laughs> so get, get yourselves on to coffeesofhawaii.com, order some product. Uh, Product of the month this month is Hawaiian style, Island Style Blend. Uh, it's on special price. We save 17%. It's 4 dollars for a whole, whole bean or, or ground, both 7 ounces. Obviously, you can buy it in larger amounts than that, and we encourage you to do so. Yep, definitely. Um, and you'll probably save on shipping as well. But it's good stuff. So as we've always mentioned, uh, US and Canadian customers just go via the website. You can uh, buy direct anywhere else in the world. Uh, email them and say you're an Iron Man Talk listener and they will deal with you accordingly. And the cool thing about getting coffees of Hawaii is when you, you, you do that thing where you, um, you crush your beans. Crush the beans. Yeah. It's like under the dentist, isn't it? <laughs> and, uh, but the smell. Yeah. Oh. Tell you what, what you do is you invite someone around, someone you're trying to yeah. charm, maybe a girl or a boy, whatever, yeah. and you put on their coffee smell and they yeah. come inside, you open the window as they're walking up the driveway. You tidy your bedroom. Oh, I tidy your Wow. <laughs> It's funny how you do that, don't you? You've yeah. got a girl coming around, you tidy your bedroom. Bim's the same as me. He says, I tidy up five minutes before <laughs> partner gets home. I do exactly the same thing. Yeah, we've got great strategies. <laughs> um, okay, um, so other stuff. Um, lots of people are clicking on the ads, so you go on to ironmantalk.com, click on the ads. Last week's show notes, I didn't get around to doing them because I didn't end up getting my computer till later in the week, but I will do the show notes this week and put the links to last week's shows in this week's uh, on www.ironmantalk.com. Email questions at ironmantalk at gmail. We've got a few questions to back up from last week as well. We've got heaps of questions this week, so we'll try to get those through over the next couple of shows. Um, the store, Amazon. Amazon, keep shopping. Keep shopping, that's all good. And uh, John's coaching website, triathloncoach.net. For all your coaching needs. And anything else? No, we're just getting ready for, for, for the big one. Next week's a big week in Iron Man Talk World. Heading mm. oh, up to times. Like. So we are going to do a show at the normal time and then. Uh, we probably it'll probably be the week after if we do get any extra content. Uh, we'll do it over the next couple of weeks after that show for that reason. Maybe maybe check in there. We might get something up there. You never yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what we can do. But we'll definitely get some interviews, and at some stage we'll get them out to you. Uh, so how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good actually. Yep. Yep. Just had a minor malfunction today where I blew up on our bike ride, but uh, pulled over <laughs> at the shop, got some coke, and he fired up. Yeah. But apart from that, now I'm feeling uh, feeling good. Just so, so I'm riding. Down, we did this little bit of a climb. I'm riding downhill behind John, and I thought he was out of New Zealand you know, for a second. <laughs> about, I took out the hill. It's just this corner just came up on me. We haven't. I've never. Only, I've only ridden up there maybe once or twice in my life. And, yeah. Uh, it was a real narrow road. And the corner just came up on me. And I thought. Getting this getting <laughs> You're really, going pretty quick into it. Getting really sharp, really quickly. <laughs> and that edge is getting very close, but no. Superb bike handling skills oh, to save the day. Mate, you should be a coach. <laughs> uh, so, and so, what's on for the week then? What, what are you doing? 
Uh, today was really a uh, wind down last big workout, you know, three and a half hour ride and, and a half hour run for me. Um, yeah. And from here on in, it's all uh, downhill. Tomorrow's a, sort of just a medium to long run, so 80 minutes or so, and then after that, most of the workouts are around about an hour long. So it's gravy from here, I tell you. Gravy. Stretching lots. Stretching lots. Hydrating lots. Hydrating lots. Eating lots. Eating lots. Well, controlling the eating. Controlling the eating. I've taken all the beer out of the fridge, so I can't drink any beer for the next oh. week and a half. Discipline, eh? Discipline. What do you drink a lot, do you? No, I don't. Closet Elky, eh? Yeah, Closet Elky. Call me Molina. Call me Molina. Oh, it's going to be the end of the show. It's the end of the show. That's a shocker, mate. Turn it off. Turn it off. Anyway, so uh, what, what's our saying? It's train hard. No, it is. Oh. <laughs> Every week. Oh. What is it? It's. I'm Russ. I mean, don't. Train hard. Train smart. Kick a